0: The Jets Spotlight, episode 19. Hey Jets fans, I'm your host, Yanni Lunga, and welcome to this 19th episode of the Jets Spotlight podcast and the fourth episode of this special edition of the podcast with some of the stars of the 2014 edition of the Porridge Jets Festival. If you have listened to last episode, to episode 18, with Pierre Chrétien of the Soldiers Orchestra. You remember what I said that today there's actually gonna be two episodes. So on the first episode of the day we had Pierre Chrétien and now we have this episode with a fantastic singer that I'm really excited about it. She's gonna be here on the podcast to talk about how she got started with music, her latest album if you knew her, the Jets singers she thinks every Jets vocalist should listen to and she also gonna give out tips to those who would like to follow her footsteps and become singers. And like always, remember that you find the links to all the things we talked about in this episode at thejetspotlight.com slash episode 19. Without further ado, here is a Jets talk with Zara McFarlane. Enjoy! Hey everybody, what's up? Janilunga here, and this is the special edition of the Jets Potlet podcast from the Pori Jets Festival in Pori Finland. And I have another guest here, a super guest, who actually have just finished her performance here, so she must be pretty tired, but she still finds some time in her busy schedule for the podcast, so I'm really glad she could make it. Uh, what? Where to start from? You know, her set was amazing, despite the weather not being too much on her side. It was a bit raining, but you know, the rain didn't stop her. Didn't stop the the audience for enjoying her music. She she now comes here to, or she had come to Finland to present her latest album, If You Knew Her. And you know, she's been. Around quite a lot, really busy. A North Sea Jazz Festival in the Netherlands, Gent Jazz Festival in Belgium, and now we're gonna hear more about her upcoming gigs. It's with great pleasure that I welcome on the show Zara McFarlane. Hey, how are you?
1: Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for being with, with us You're welcome. and, you know, for for taking this time after the gig. So what are, it's your first time in Finland. So what are your first thoughts after, you know, performing here, seeing how the Finnish audiences have welcomed you?
1: Oh, it's been wonderful. Um, Everybody was su- sat in the rain mostly, unfortunately, for most of my set, but they were still there with their um, ponchos and things trying to just enjoy the music. So that's really amazing for my first time here. I think they managed to enjoy it. And yeah, such an amazing venue. This festival is wonderful. So I reckon if it was a beautiful day, all day, it would have just been an absolutely amazing festival. But I think the weather hasn't dampened it too much.
0: Definitely. I have to agree with you because I I was in the crowd and, you know, the rain wasn't bothering. Luckily, it wasn't raining too much. So we have quite many things to talk about. But the first thing I would like to ask you, a question that I ask many guests, you know, how did you get started with music?
1: Um, With music in general, I think I started performing as a child, as many people do, through dancing. I did dancing when I was about eight or so. I learned piano when I was about five from my sister. At first, and then I went on to study a little bit at school when I was eight. Didn't really get very far with it, to be honest, but it still helped me in the long run with songwriting and things. And then um, I studied musical theatre when I was 16. So I went into a performing arts college when I was 16, and that was really where things kind of progressed the most.
0: And it's interesting that you mentioned the kind of performing part of your education. Uh, What kind of impact has had on your musical career, do you think, has helped you somehow?
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, before I was even studying at the Performing Arts College, I did put myself into lots of different competitions. So back then, this is way before X Factor and things like that, but I would try to seek out different opportunities to Mm -hmm. perform. I started writing songs when I was 11 and I just wanted to sing them in places. So I tried to find places to do that. But then when I went to study performing arts, I studied music, dance and drama, and it really did teach you the art of performance Mm -hmm. and how you simple things like how you stand on stage, how you should project your, your energy to the audience, things like that, that sometimes you don't always learn, unfortunately in music colleges necessarily, Mm -hmm. because you're so engrossed in the theory of the music. Um, And for me personally, I really enjoyed those aspects of the dancing and the physicality of performing as well.
0: So now I have a kind of of a tough question coming up because, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no worries, not too tough. Some of, of our listeners are, you know, uh, studying music or they are maybe just starting out with their musical career. And what kind of advice would you have for, the, for them in terms of, you know, you just mentioned about the performance and, you know, how to be on stage. What kind of advice have you learned through your education, but also your own, you know, uh, being on the field, so performing yeah. in festivals and, and venues.
1: With regards to jazz specifically, um, I learned a lot through working with a band called Tomorrow's Warriors and Jazz Jamaica. And they, that's kind of how I got into jazz mostly to perform properly the music. You know, before that, I'd learned some of the songs, the jazz standards from musical theatre. But what they taught me was the act of just getting on with it and just trying it. You know, when it comes to scatting, when it comes to just putting yourself out there, you have to just go for it. Don't be too preoccupied of getting things perfect. Um, You know, it's good to get things perfect when you can. But also you have to balance it with the the idea with regards to jazz music, improvising and putting yourself out there and challenging yourself. That's really important, I think, with jazz. Um, But then in general, as a performer... You have to be excited about what you're doing and you have to really have a lot of determination mm-hmm. and energy to keep going because you might get some small successes and then things kind of dip away and without you putting the energy in yourself
0: mm-hmm. to make
1: it keep going and with, you know, without support as well, sometimes a family or friends or whoever, mm-hmm. it's hard to keep going. So you just have to know what you want, try to make that work for yourself mm-hmm. and just try to tell people about what you want to do get everybody else excited about what you want to do and keep yourself <laughs> excited about what you want to do which mm-hmm. can be the hardest thing
0: mm-hmm. And you know staying in the performance side of our conversation you have been performing at festivals such as body Jets, opener festival uh, in music venues and on TV is there a difference in the way you pr- you prepare uh, for, for shows in these kind of different
1: settings? For me so far, no, I'm quite new to the whole TV thing. (laughs) I haven't done that much TV, but um, not really, because luckily with those particular shows as well, they have actually been actual gigs. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an audience there watching. I think perhaps if I was in a different situation where it wasn't set up as a gig, I might feel the need to to readdress Mm -hmm. or reassess how I might approach performing in that environment. But because... All the TV things that I've done so far, it's like a normal gig for me. So I just do what I normally do. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that there's cameras there. Okay. <laughs> That's how I see it anyway.
0: I think it's, it's very good, you know, kind of advice. And to be just spontaneous and do things like everyone would usually do. I agree with you. And now I want to go a bit more into your music. So enough with the, with the performance. And I would like to ask you a couple of things about your, your albums uh, let's start with actually the the latest one, if you knew her. Where did you get the inspiration for this album?
1: This inspiration came from my family, really. Um, I wanted to write a song about my family and, and how much... I've got a lot of women in my family, so how much they have helped me and kind of supported what I'm doing musically as well as outside of that, but also um, all the things that I've seen as well with them, you know, the things that they've gone through, heartache... Life losses, all the different things that people mm-hmm. in general go through. Um, they were just my inspiration to write a song, but in the end, it became an inspiration for the whole album, and they were kind of the theme that kept the album together.
0: Mm-hmm. And if you were to choose a song of this letter striker, which it's one is so your hard. favorite?
1: It's so hard. I don't have. A, it's so hard to have a favorite, especially on that album, because they all show different aspects of women or emotions is what I was trying to get at and they're just so different I think the the energy of the songs or the emotion of the song mm-hmm. it's really hard to choose one
0: okay we we can stick with that <laughs> it's 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 also you know nice to hear that your work it's so good that it's so <laughs> difficult <don't> to <laughs> to <it's laughs> choose one
1: true, but for <laughs> me personally I really um, enjoy singing the different things for different reasons. Some of them it's the lyrics, some of it's the melody, some of it's the opportunity to just mess around. You know, Angelata is just a fun improvisational piece. So that's mm-hmm. something that's really fun to do. But then Her Eyes is really nice to sing because of what it was about. And then Woman in the Olive Grove is quite a deep, emotional song. So that's like a message that I'm trying to mm-hmm. send out to other people. And then there's, I don't know, there's love, which is really important as well. And, they're all just really different,
0: mm-hmm. and now it's been three years until your first record, until yeah. tomorrow. How have you changed? You know, have you? Do you feel that you have changed? And if so, how? Mu- sorry, musically speaking,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel that I have changed. But if you look at the two albums, they are different. That's for sure. Um, I suppose in my as a person in myself, I know that I enjoyed the different styles of music that you might find. I think the first album, people kind of explain it as being a bit more traditional. Second album's got other influences like soulful things, reggae covers, whatever. But for me, that's all part of me. Mm-hmm. So although maybe other people haven't heard that part of me yet, except for with the second album, for me, it still feels like me. So I don't feel that I've changed, but um, it's nice to hear from other people that they hear a development mm-hmm. in the music. So that's really nice to hear.
0: And, you know, speaking of developments,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, is there something that you still dream of, you know, for your musical career? Is there some goal that you have that you can share with us or something you would like to do in the future? No,
1: I want to do lots of things. I want to continue having remixes and things like that. I love working in different styles of music, but I definitely want to continue in the jazz vein. I'd love to work with some more traditional jazz artists like Winter Marcellus or someone like that who, you know, knows the history, knows tradition. That would challenge me in that way. But then I'd love to work with someone like Gregory Porter or Jose James that do other things. I want to write a musical. I want to work with an orchestra. I want to do all sorts of things.
0: So, you you know, in, one can hear in your voice that you're really excited about <laughs> those things. And it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, you're, you're so motivated and eager to, you know, achieve all the goals you have, like, in your life, both, like, musically speaking, but also in your, like, private life. And... If you were to to give an advice to a younger you when when you started, is there something that you would would tell yourself?
1: Um, What I would actually tell myself is to enjoy it more. Because not that I don't enjoy it at all, I absolutely love it. But sometimes when you are nervous about something, you kind of don't enjoy the moment for the moment. Mm -hmm. And then in hindsight, you're like, oh, wow, it was amazing. But when you're actually going through it, sometimes you might be stressed about it or worried about it before you go and stuff like that, and just I would tell myself just to relax and just try and enjoy every single second of it
0: you know you make it you make it sound so easy because <laughs> but you know I think it's it's a very, there are very wise words because I think that sometimes in a way the pressure can kind of you know create a situation in which you feel that okay, I have to focus on you know for example. Ending this show, and you don't kind of think about the the real moment or like about the enjoyment side of it
1: I think i do I'm able to do that far more now, definitely in the last probably eight years or five years or whatever, but when working with different people, but I think in the early early stages when I was beginning to do things that became big like when i I was on t v when I was a teenager as well, singing and stuff, and it was a great experience, but I know that i was I remember being nervous. At every step nervous to do the audition nervous to the second audition nervous to get on the tv nervous to do the tv like if i just didn't worry about it so much i could have enjoyed more like you could have had more i don't know you could have learned more maybe seen Mm -hmm. more understood more felt more that would have just been nice but at the same time i still really enjoyed it so Mm
0: -hmm. i think that's like that's the bottom line that's what matters in the end that you know Despite being nervous before and during, that you that you still enjoyed, yeah. and would you have some advice for the listeners who you know would like to become singers? Is there some advice that you would give them?
1: I would say personally, for me, it's very important to know what you what you're doing and know what you're talking about when it comes to music, and that came through working with different musicians, but also studying. And I don't necessarily feel that you have to study to be a singer, because I know I've got loads of friends who are not, who didn't study rather, but are great, amazing singers. But when it comes to working with musicians, especially jazz musicians, there's a certain amount of respect that comes with having studied and having an understanding of what you're talking about from mm-hmm. a musical level with regards to theory and certain things. And even if I don't always use <laughs> that knowledge sometimes, it's just good to have it and and it just means you can do more as well. You can request more mm-hmm. of your musicians when you're working with them, if you get to work with them. Mm-hmm. But also, you just feel more confidence in yourself to know what you're doing. So I think that's important.
0: And speaking of, you know, jazz singers and influences, what are, in your opinion, you know, the singers, the vocalists who have uh, had, you know, an influence on you and the records you think uh, aspiring jazz singers should should listen to?
1: Um. The records that, well, one of the records that really got me into listening to um, instrumental jazz Mm -hmm. was an album, can't remember the name of the album, but it's Nancy Wilson and um, Cannonball Adderley. Can't remember the name of the album now, off the top of my head. But that album is half songs with her and Cannonball with a band, and then the other half of the album is just him Mm -hmm. with his band. And he's got such a great feel and melody, like for me, he sounds so melodic when he plays, but it's still jazz. It's still mm-hmm. quite traditional jazz sounding and you know, difficult in some parts to kind of understand or enjoy in some respects. But that was what got me into listening to instrumental jazz more than Coltrane at first. You know, Coltrane mm-hmm. can be quite difficult to listen to. Miles Davis was one of the ones I did get into earlier with instrumental jazz, but I think as a singer it's good if you want to scat and enjoy mm-hmm. trying to attempt that kind of thing, which is always an attempt, <laughs> um, You, it's good to listen to instrumentalists as well, and for me Cannibal Adderley is up there, Nancy Wilson is just a great singer to listen to that has got maybe a slightly softer voice, and then obviously people like Bill Holiday for the emotion, Nina Simone for the emotion, as well as how she interprets things, mm-hmm. lyrically as well as musically because she's a pianist as well. And then Elephant Sherald for perfection. If you want to learn how to if you want to learn a jazz standard as it was meant to be, listen to Elephant Sherald. And if you want to learn about perfection of pitching and notes and even scat vocal, listen to Elephant Sherald in that way. But Sarah Vaughan, for me brings both the emotion and clarity. And not always perfection because she wasn't always perfect but she was very close to it. (laughs)
0: i think i think that's great advice and you know i thank you for all i'm sure that those who are listening now who are you know have been trying to to learn how to skate and how to sing i'm sure they're gonna follow your advice and start to listen to the records and you know the singers you mentioned and my last question to you is you know you have been as i said you have been traveling quite a lot and now we are approaching the end of july so pretty much the middle of the year. Uh, what plans do you have for the second half of the year?
1: So we are now in July. I will be teaching on a course, actually, in the south of France um, early August, and still gigging between now and the end of August around Europe and the UK. And then in September, I should be starting my next album. I should be starting thinking about it, so writing, mm-hmm. trying to explore some things there, and probably doing that towards the end of the year as well, as, again, touring... I think we have some more gigs coming in Spain and France and Germany, possibly mm-hmm. that's not confirmed yet, but possibly in the autumn. So still lots of gigs and this is what I love the most.
0: That's that's the most, most important thing. This is Zara McFarlane. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, you know, for sharing a little bit of your story and for giving out some advice for, to all of those who would like to follow your footsteps.
1: <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thank you. And we are back. First thing, a big shout-out to Zara McFarlane. Thank you so much for being with us today and for giving out tips for, you know, those who would like to follow your footsteps and become musicians. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just would like to give you a hint about one of the next guests because it's actually someone that Zara mentioned in the interview. So get ready and, you know, come back tomorrow at jetspotlightcom slash podcast to see who the new guest of the Jet Spotlight podcast is going to be. I assure you, it's going to be another great day with another guest or other guests. might be like today that there's going to be two episodes. The only way to find out is to go to thejetspotlight.com slash podcast and check out if there's going to be one episode or two episodes. Or an alternative, follow the Jet Spotlight on Twitter at Jet Spotlight. To see, you know, if what the situation is, if there's going to be one guest or two guests, I just can tell you that tomorrow is going to be another great day. So make sure to stay tuned with the Jets Spotlight. Also, I would like to remind you that, you know, if you're looking for Jets clubs in your city or perhaps you're planning a vacation somewhere and you would like to listen to some Jets and see what venues there, in the place you are going to, or you're looking for some festivals around the world, you can find maps with festivals and clubs listings at thejetspotlet.com slash clubs for JETS venues and thejetspotlet.com slash festivals for JETS festivals. Also about JETS festivals, you can find some of the hottest JETS festivals of the month each month in the special JETS festivals guide of the JET Spotlight. So, for example, this month it's about to finish, but you can still find July Summer Guide if you just write July Summer Guide in the search bar at thejetspotlight.com. You will find the July Summer Guide. And, you know, if you are a festival organizer or you work at a festival and you would like the festival to be included in the guide or in the listings that are on the website, just go to thejetspotlight.com slash contact to send an email or in alternative, just go to Twitter at Jetspotlight and send a tweet and I will make sure to include your festival in the summer guide, in the monthly guide or in the listings on the website. Like always, I would like to thank you for being with me today. Thank you for your support and I wish you a great day. Take care.